What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Down in the Dirt podcast, where we are getting dirty talking baseball. I am your host, Carson Lee, and this is episode number five. Today, I interview Austin Byler. Austin is a former Arizona Diamondback. And he is now the co-founder of Major League University, which is an online baseball training platform that covers offensively, defensively, and he even jumps in on the mental side of the game. We're going to talk about what he's doing with Major League University at the end of the episode. But this is, man, I really enjoyed doing this episode. Uh, Austin is somebody that I got connected to through social media. Me and him have been following each other for a while, and he probably doesn't know this, but he's kind of just somebody I've kind of sat back and watched him from a distance, just watching the stuff he was posting on his personal page, watching what he was doing with Major League University, the types of things he was saying, uh, the information he was relaying about baseball, and just the, the kind of passion and knowledge he had for the game. So when I started this podcast... He was one of the people I originally had on my list of guests to have on. So I'm super pumped, super thankful that he came on today. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Because, man, he has so much passion, so much knowledge for the game. And he's really somebody I could sit down and I could talk to him about baseball for hours. Uh, just because I feel like we're, we're on the same wavelength as far as the way we feel about the game. And really just how passionate we are. But, you know, I was trying to be respectful of his time, and I really just wanted to start off by getting his story out there and let him kind of say where he came from and some of the, the adversity he's gone through, um, while also giving him a chance to talk about Major League University. But in saying that, he's definitely somebody I want to have on again and really just be able to dive deep and into different aspects of his career and different aspects of, of his knowledge of the game. Because, like I said, there was there was times, you know, man, where we were talking about his career, and there was just times where I wanted to, to veer off left or right and really just kind of dive deep into a certain situation or something particular that he was talking about. But, you know, I didn't want to go on tangents because if I did that, this would be a two or three hour long podcast, and <laughs> nobody wants to listen to that long of a podcast, and I wanted to be respectful of his time. But, like I said, definitely somebody I want to have on again. I'm super pumped about this episode. Uh, man, I, I, I just, I love guys like him, just guys that are true grinders, that just have a passion and a knowledge about the game, and they, they have that tiger mentality, you know, where they're, they're just thinking kill every time they're on the field. And, um, you know, now off the field, that's going to lead to him to having success now with Major League University, and I can't wait to see how that grows here in the next year and later on down the road. But before we jump into the interview, as always, guys, I just want to tell you thank you for just for listening and supporting the podcast up to this point. I know it's only five episodes, but still, I, I'm just I'm kind of in shock that I've been able to get it this far. Um, you know, I'm doing this. The whole purpose is to be able to give back, give kids information, try to give them. Uh, a sense of a path to follow and just just trying to help them get to college and to pro ball and just really give them insight on on what the steps are to take and that was my whole purpose of of starting this podcast but without you guys without the listeners 
you got to understand that this podcast is nothing. I can put out all the content I want, but if people aren't indulging in it, it doesn't mean anything. So the fact that you guys are listening, I truly, truly appreciate it, and you don't know how much it means to me. So I just want to tell you guys, thank you. But in saying that, as always, if you could rate, review the show, and while you're at it, if you don't mind sharing the link, share it to your friends, share it on social media, tag me on social media that you're listening to the show, uh, all those things. Not only are you giving me feedback to help me know how I'm doing for the show and what I can do to improve the show, but the way the algorithms work, those are the things that boost the show and allow the show to, to grow later on down the road. And ultimately, the more it grows, the more people, the more kids that this is going to have an influence on. But you guys are the heart and soul of this show. And, and so don't forget that, uh, that I appreciate you guys for listening. It means so much. But enough of my tangent. We're going to go ahead and jump in now to the episode with Austin Byler, former Arizona Diamondback and co-founder of Major League University. Oh man, this episode fires me up. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey you guys, so I am here with Austin Byler. Austin is a former first baseman with Arizona Diamondbacks. He attended the University of Nevada at Reno, which is a Division I program in the Mountain West Conference. He was drafted twice, once in 2014 in the ninth round by the Washington Nationals, and then once again in 2015 in the 11th round by the Arizona Diamondbacks, which he eventually ended up signing with the D-backs to go on to play professional baseball. Austin, how you doing today, bud? I appreciate you coming on. Carson, man, it's awesome. It's a pleasure to be on your show, man. I'm excited we were able to link up and, and get this going, man. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, so so getting getting started here, man, I just, uh, for all my listeners, I just kind of want you to give a background about yourself, um, who you are, then how you how you got into playing baseball and when uh you know when the love of the game started yeah man so for me love of the game started young i was about four years old uh me and my little brother he was two at the time we were kind of just tossing the the tennis ball around i I remember don't really remember much of it but i remember we started getting into baseball at that age so my dad kind of brought it on to us uh from the beginning man and really just developed a passion a love for the game and and just the camaraderie that you build with your teammates and just the journeys that this game takes you on. It's taken me so many places and so thankful for that. So just kind of starting young, man, getting into that T-ball age and then working through Little League, travel ball, all that fun stuff, man. Some of the best times of your life uh, when you're a younger kid. So started real young, man. Oh, I agree, dude. Those travel ball days for me, like those, those are some of my best memories. You know, like you said, the camaraderie you get with your teammates, uh, just the weekends going and playing all those tournaments and just being at the field all day. You can't beat that. Absolutely, man. It's just so much. I remember going after games, man, getting some In-N-Out Burger here on the West Coast. <laughs> I mean, some of the East Coast guys are probably like, In-N-Out Burger, what? That's like a, a myth or something, something foreign. But going and just having fun, man. You're out there just enjoying it with your friend. Two, three, four games. Cooperstown, I'm sure you've been there or at least heard of it, and different things like that, man. So it's, it's been a blessing for sure. Hey, so so let me ask you, man. Have you? Uh, so obviously, you're a big In-N-Out guy. What is? Uh, I guess have you had Whataburger? Well, and if I you have, have. What's your thought? I have, and I am sorry, but Whataburger is just not that great, man. The, I, the chicken sandwich is good, but it's not. No, I, I I completely agree. I'm a huge In-N-Out fan, 
And, uh, you know, for me, I think In-N-Out burgers, they're so juicy compared to what Whataburger is. I love In-N-Out. Oh, phenomenal, man. Top notch, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so so back to your childhood. Uh, so you grew up in Peoria. Is that how you say it? Peoria, Arizona, right? Yes, sir. Peoria, so Arizona. So that's right around where a lot of the spring training complexes are. Uh, what What kind of impact did that have on you, just being around the spring training complex and all the games and stuff like that? Oh, man, that was incredible. Uh, growing up in high school, even in scout ball, seventh and eighth grade, we would get to play on the big fields. And uh, sometimes the championship game would be on the main spring training field. So for me, Peoria Sports Complex was two or three miles away from home. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So for those who don't know, Padres and Mariners play there. So we got to go there and watch a lot of games, play on the big league field. And at a young age, playing on those fields, you're like, oh, my gosh, like this is my dream. Like, I want to do this one day. You see some of the guys that are in either instructs or just like in uh, spring training out there walking around and it's just inspiring. So you, being there and growing up in a place that is so impactful with the baseball community and it's just so rich in history there is amazing. So being able to play on those fields, it was an honor, man. And now obviously having the opportunity to do that later on in my career was was a dream come true for sure. Yeah, man, I can only imagine the kind of impact that has on you, especially from a young age. Uh, just being able to see that kind of work ethic and, and kind of what the grind looks like, you know, from that young age. Like, I know for me, personally, like, when I was in high school, you know, I had the chance to work out with a few big leaguers, and, and a couple of them, too, were pretty personable. Um, so it was just it was pretty cool to see how they went about their business, and it really – kind of set a foundation to what my work ethic needed to be to be able to get, you know, obviously to that one day, but then just to, you know, let my career move forward as well. Absolutely, man. Uh, Real quick, uh, you just, you learn from the best, man. You learn from the people who are having the success and who got there. So as a kid like us, man, being able to pick those guys' brains, it's essential to your development to be able to have those kind of guys around. So anytime you have access to professional athletes, college athletes, whatever it is, that's that level above you, pick their brain, get the most out of it. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. Ask questions and, and keep learning. Be a learner of the game for sure. Yeah, dude, I think that's, I think that's one of the best things you can do is, is to ask questions. Um, you know, for the most part, I think guys are all for, you know, giving back and giving some feedback um every once in a while you'll you'll run into that jerk but for the most part it seems like everyone's you know open to to being able to help people out so especially as a young kid man you got to be able to uh just be a sponge and try to learn as much knowledge as you can absolutely bro you're spot on well so let's transition into high school um what was your high school career like um as far as you know getting to the varsity level playing at you know the highest competition and then uh, did you also, did you play multiple sports in high school? I did not. I was, uh, I attempted football for about three weeks and then we got the <laughs> and it was 110 in Arizona with 80 degree or percent humidity and I was out on that. So I saved my body there a little bit. I'd, I'd say I made a pretty good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think for me, uh, yeah, I just didn't like getting hit. That was my biggest thing. I was like, screw that. Yeah, I'd rather get hit by a baseball than another 300-pound human being, so uh, <laughs> spot on. But yeah, man, basically, like, from, from the high school, like, played just baseball. Uh, very competitive um, high school deal. I was 
on, I was a freshman on varsity through about halfway through the season. So I played my first 10, 11 games on freshman team. I got a lot of playing time, obviously, did really well. Got the opportunity to go up to varsity for the, about the last six games of the season and then through playoffs. So we ended up making it to the state championship game actually that year. I was uh, I was six for seven in the playoffs. And the only out I had was in the championship. <laughs> so <I'll never> <laughs> like, from a young age, man, as a freshman in that setting, we had a number one dra- or a first rounder on our team uh, that year. And being able to play with some elite competition in a young age with a crowd of, of for almost over a thousand people, like it was crazy, man. So high school was fun for me. We played four years on varsity, had a lot of success there. We won three think three region championships out of the four years got to the state championship twice and lost unfortunately but you learn a lot and you build a lot of relationships and with some of my teammates now I still talk to oh my gosh eight or nine just about everybody on that high school team like my last three or four I still talk to so that's an incredible part of that is building those relationships that last forever Um, as I said it was competitive which was fun it, we got to play a lot. We got to play good teams, good competition. There were scouts sometimes. Like There was a lot of cool things. But for me, I was never really looked at for the next level, um, per se. I, I was having a lot of success, but they would say, oh, you're not, you're not fast enough. You're not quick enough, this and that. You can't play a position. And I just kind of used it to fuel my fire a little bit at the time. So going into my senior year, man, I, I was unsigned. I had a junior college offer. And that was about it. And I wanted to play D1. I wanted to play at a high-level D1. So uh, I didn't sign a contract with Nevada until after the season, my senior season, which is almost unheard of. So doing something like that, going through that process, I love to tell kids to just, like, be patient. Like, it's okay. Like, you're doing everything you can do on a daily basis. Then that's all you can do. You can't you can't get ahead of yourself and, and look too far into the future. So, it was a good time, man, going through high school there in Arizona and playing good competition. Yeah, dude, it sounds like, and it sounds, you know, that that was kind of part of the foundation of what groomed you to later um, go on to be successful later on in your career. But uh, just kind of touching on what you said about, you know, not being signed in your junior year, the early signing period, all that stuff that, that gets so much hype. Like, I'm right there on you with that. Um, you know, guys really, I think, get caught up of, of not having a college opportunity when everyone else does, and they think that their career's over, and they kind of stop putting in the work, or, you know, just kind of get negative Nancy, and they don't realize how many things can, can change later on, and that there's still so many opportunities, you know, throughout your season, senior season, but also during that summer leading up to, um, you know, the start of the start of the next school year, because that was kind of the same thing for me, um, I didn't end up signing till I think June. I mean, I went to a junior college, so I guess it's kind of different. But you know, I didn't end up signing till June, and it wound up working out for me. Um, and I think that's something you know that a lot of young guys in high school don't really understand. That they they think the process is supposed to be so easy and so smooth, and they they fail to realize all these jagged roads that come along with it in the yeah. long run. Yes, it's like a, a massive Z that just never ends. <laughs> You're spinning in circles sometimes, asking questions, man, why is this guy getting signed? Why is this? But then that just goes to being selfish, you know. It's not it's not helping you as a ball player. It's not helping you as a teammate or a person. So, like, 
any advice for those guys, man, obviously you went through it as well. June, that's late and it's not normal, but you made the most out of your opportunity. And like we said, man, there's an opportunity for you. It may not be this, this massive Oklahoma state or, or massive Vanderbilt, whatever you want to call it, but there's a chance to play somewhere and you can continue your career, get an education and still have an opportunity to play on, which is, which is all you can ask for. And then you just got to make the most of it. There's plenty of guys from these small schools uh, that get drafted or that are in professional baseball in some aspects. So there's always an opportunity for you out there. If you're, if you're struggling, if you don't have a signing, if all your friends have signed somewhere and you haven't like, it's okay, be patient. Things are going to work out. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I want I like to preach too, uh, is that just cause you're not going to the big prestige school, like you said, Oklahoma state or, you know, Texas A&M doesn't mean that you can't get to the next level of, uh, you know, you got to look at for you. You got to look at what kind of player you are, and you got to really evaluate what situation is going to be be the best for you. What's going to allow you to enjoy being on the field, allow you to grow as a player, have a good relationship with your coach, all those things, because those are the things are what going to make a college experience worth it in the end. Whereas, you know, if you go somewhere like Oklahoma State, Texas A and M, and you're not playing and you don't play through your senior year, you know, what what good does that do? Um, you know, that kind of just goes back to what we were just talking about. I think a lot of guys kind of fail to look at it that way. They just see the name across the chest instead of what what's ultimately best for their career to help further their career. Absolutely, man. I think I think a lot of it's lack of education from the outside world. I mean, the, like at least in Arizona, it's it's extremely competitive, but there's not a whole lot of people advising and giving good advice to these kids man and i think they need it and i think parents need to be searching for answers and and open to the answers and know that just because your son's not going somewhere that's all prestigious like you've always dreamed they're getting an education they have an opportunity to play and they're on a baseball field so there's there's room for potential there's room for growth anywhere you go for sure and that's you know one of the driving forces behind this podcast, like I told you, you know, when I reached out to you, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on is is the recruiting process and, uh, you know, it's kind of just the adversities you go through, which transitioning to the recruiting process, uh, when you were going or getting looked at by uh, UNM Reno, what was that like? And cause, you know, I know you said you signed late, but did you have your mindset on going to a university or were you looking at going to the JUCO, or was it kind of just best situation for you? And then how did the whole uh, Reno situation kind of play out for you? Yeah, man, I was I was definitely have my eyes set on a, on a Division One university, but I was keeping my options open: uh, D two, D three, NAIA, junior college, whatever you want to call it. The junior college that I did sign with, uh, Paradise Valley Community College, uh, Coach Vic Salise, still the head coach there, an amazing dude. Just really thankful for him through that whole process, being understanding. Um, Having that, knowing that I had that as a quote-unquote safety net was incredible. So that definitely made the process a little easier. But, like, then again, it's tough <laughs> when you're going through your senior <laughs> year and you're crushing it and you're getting it blocked every at-bat. And, like, you know you're you're the man, like, at the plate. Like, you believe in yourself and you know you're good enough to play at that level. You want to. You're hungry for it. And you're not getting the look. Um, teams are turning their back, like, as far as the recruiting process, University of Utah is like an example came out, offered a scholarship, then pulled it like uh, University of Arizona offered a walk on, but no money. So like there just weren't these good fits. And I'm like, man, why is it not working out? You know, you start to question yourself. You're young, you're immature, you're, you're kind of selfish. And then you realize like 
okay, like the right school is hopefully going to come along. I had a lot of good advice from, from some coaches and mentors in my life. So my parents played a huge role in that, keeping me patient as well and just uh, trusting the process. But it was tough, man. It was, it was tough to stay positive through that time because you see your friends going on to play and you know you have the potential to do the same thing. Uh, thankfully, we went down to Southern California for this hard nine classic. It's this big uh, wood bat baseball tournament that they have every year for high school baseball. And there were a lot of scouts there. And uh, thankfully, I did pretty well in one of the games. And Coach Fatenhauer, who was at the University of Nevada at the time, was there and saw me play. And he wanted to have lunch and, and talk about getting me up there on a visit. And thankfully, I took the visit, man. I went up there and uh, it was about 55 degrees and sleeting and I didn't know what I was getting into, <laughs> but it was, uh, for some reason I had this itch like, Hey man, I kind of want to get out of my comfort zone, try something new and go somewhere, like see what this opportunity persists of. And I love the players that I met. Uh, Braden Shipley was one of them. He took me on my visit. Actually, he's with the Arizona Diamondbacks right now and having guys like that around, like to show me the city, um, just trustworthy dudes. Um, that was huge. So the recruiting process, man, it's a tough time. It's not easy. Nowadays, it starts extremely early, in my opinion, too early for some of these guys because it puts a lot of pressure on the athlete. Like you yeah. said, man, they see these kids tweeting stuff out and Instagramming their pictures of these hats. Like, it doesn't mean anything till you get there. What have you done for me now? Like, exactly. it doesn't matter, you know? Exactly. So up, up until that point, up to that weekend, were you emailing schools or reaching out to schools yourself? Or was it more just, you know, word of mouth and coaches coming to see you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, what I did is I had a good friend in high school who was playing ball with us, and he recorded a, a quote-unquote recruiting video for me, just some pictures or videos of me taking grounders and swinging and all that, a little bit of game film, put it together uh, a couple minutes long. I shot it out to a bunch of schools. I was emailing um, a bunch of schools that I just kind of prospected that I think I would have enjoyed to go to. So majority West Coast. Uh, some on the East Coast, just different opportunities that seem like good fits for me and my my abilities and, and what I had to offer being a corner guy. Um, wanted to make sure there wasn't a school where they have some massive stud there right now, you know, where you're probably yeah. going for a couple of years. Uh, so I was out there. I was trying to email schools and coaches and um, just get to get the word out, man. I had a lot of coaches helping me as well. So that, that was a big time deal during the process. They were helping call coaches, inform them when we'll be there, all of that. So being in Arizona, it was pretty easy to do that. Uh, some of these states, it's not easy to get out there and do that. So you really got to dive into your personal network and have your coaches help you get your contact. Yeah. yeah, see, and that's the biggest difference I see now, too, with the growth of social media. You know, like like you said, you were emailing guys. That was what I did when I was in high school, dude. I think I got to the point where I had coaches telling me, stop emailing them because it was like, like we got your email the first time. But now with social media, like all you got to do is, is present yourself on social media, you know, make posts consistently and, and get them in front of, you know, send the link out to a coach essentially or whatever. And I feel like it's so much easier to really get exposure nowadays than it was back when you were just sending an email and trying to attach a, a video file to it. Um, and that, that's kind of like what I tell a lot of people, you know, if I get a message or, or whatever, ask about recruiting, like, dude, like post your stuff online. Like it's, it's accessible by everybody to, to be able to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Utilize that, man. It's, it's a free resource for us to show what we have and you've got to be careful because you, you need to use it for the right reasons. You can get into yeah, the trap, exactly. you know, 
Um, exactly. But use it for the right reasons, man. Yeah, showcase your ability, man. Get it out there. So now transferring into transitioning, not transferring, transitioning into college when you were at uh, University of Nevada at Reno, what was that transition like for you, you know, walking in as a freshman and then ultimately, you know, how, how you grew as a, as a player all the way till you were drafted your, well, junior and senior year? What, what was that process like? Yeah, Carson, it was tough, bro. It was really tough at first. Uh, I almost left my freshman year. Really? I got there. Um, it's a rude awakening. You you have you're getting up at 5 a.m. You've got 6 a.m. weights, and it's all day, and you've got school, and now you've got to handle 15 credits and a college lifestyle and dorms, and the baseball deal on top of that four or five hours like study hall. It's a lot to handle out of high school. So um, I was close to transfer, man. I, I wanted to kind of come home at the break, uh, winter break, and thought about leaving, like seriously considered it. And for some reason, by the grace of God, I stayed there and the rest is history, man. It was the greatest decision I've ever made to stick with it, stay with that program because it built me into who I am today and taught me a lot of life lessons. So going through that process, stayed there, got to play regularly as a starter, uh, as a freshman, got to play about 15 games at third base, the rest of DH, and got a lot of at-bats, so that was great. Had a great year, went out to the West Coast League, played some summer ball, came back, sophomore year, raked, like, was on fire until the end of the year, Got kind of got hurt. Uh, something with my back had a degenerative disc, and it bothered me a lot to where I couldn't play anymore for the last four weeks of the year, and that, that kind of hurt because I was having a good year, and I was excited. A couple, one of my coaches was like, hey, man, Team USA called, and, and they're looking to have you um, come try out for them and see if you can play with them this summer. And I was pumped up and then I got hurt and I'm like, Oh no, like that's my yeah. chance to get drafted, you know? Uh, yeah. Thankfully went out, played in the Cape Cod league that summer, came back to Nevada junior year, had a great year, uh, really good year there. Went out, got drafted by the nationals in the ninth round. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. That was a crazy process. It was stressful and it was the toughest <laughs> decision of my life, but I decided to go back to school. Uh, I think when you start to bring money into the equation, I think if you're going to pick the money, it's got to be life-changing. I think yeah. everybody wants the opportunity. And if you get it, go. If that's your dream, do it. But for me, my life has been changed in a positive light by going back to school in more ways than I can even explain, man. I met my girlfriend, who's just phenomenal, incredible human being, um, motivates me every day. I've Got to stay with my coaches and build more relationships with them. We won a championship. We should have gone to the regionals, but that's another story. <laughs> and We'll save that for episode two. Yeah, 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 so I want to I want to jump back real quick to what you were saying about uh, your freshman year. You know, um, going to college. I think that's one of the best experiences you get out of college is all the stuff that you have to learn how to manage and be responsible for you know all the discipline as far as getting up for early morning weights you know having early work uh managing class schedules and study hall practice and then you know come season time and you're doing all that plus the long bus rides and games um i think that's one of the best things that, that college really teaches you and you know i look back and I just can't even imagine, you know, because I think we all have that that 
dream or desire to get drafted out of high school and just go straight into pro ball and just be able just to play every day with essentially no worries or just being able to worry about baseball only. But I look back and I'm like, man, if I was 18 year old, 18 years old and trying to, to get drafted and go play professional baseball, there's no way I would have been able to survive just because of what I was able to learn, you know, through college and just being around my teammates and learning how to be responsible and manage more than one thing. Dude, that's, you hit the nail on the head right there, man. That's that's big time. It teaches you discipline and time management and a lot of things that that you need in your life. And like you said, man, we all have that dream. Like, hey, I want to get out of there. I want to be the Mike Trout or the, the Bryce Harper and just go straight to the league and dominate. But that's few and far between, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, I feel like unless – because I'm right there on the same page with you. Unless you're getting life-changing money, uh, you know – getting your degree and getting all those learning experiences is really, I think the best thing that you can possibly do uh, to not only further your career, but to set you up in a good position as life in life as well. Uh, post baseball. Yes, most definitely. man. Absolutely. But so now I do want to jump on uh, the draft process. Just my own curiosity. Um, yeah. Just for, for, for me, it was nothing I ever got to go through that in depth. But I'm curious kind of what that process was like for you, especially getting to go play up in the Cape. Um, you know, was that your first time really kind of getting exposure um, to scouts and kind of hearing some feedback from them? And then just from there, how that process kind of went forward um, and just everything that really goes into it. Because I know you have tons of questionnaires you have to fill out. Uh, dude, just take me take me through that. because I'm really curious. Yeah, no, the draft process is a crazy one. Uh, it's it's a lot to handle. It's extremely exciting as well as emotional, as well as uh, all of the above, man. Any emotion you can think of, you experience in the draft process. So for me, it was tough and it was also exciting because you've got all these questionnaires. You've got all this interest. You're like, man, I'm pumped up. All right. So now, like, everybody wants to draft me. This is going to be cool. Like, I'm going to play professional baseball. You're fired up. And then you get to the point where you're like, when am I going to get picked? Where am I going to get picked? Who am I going to get picked by? Like, where am I going to go? So there's a lot of unknown. So when there's the unknown, you start to have a little fear and you start to doubt yourself. And when you have bad games, you, you press a little bit and you've got to find a way to stay mentally tough through that. So I think having a process is huge to stay mentally strong through that through that draft process. But uh, for me, it was a lot of questionnaires man. meeting with, with scouts just after the sophomore year. It was really after that year in the cave. We won the championship out there and that was an amazing experience. And uh, I think by doing so, we've got a little exposure and, and more teams and, and scouts were out there the next year. So we just meet with them and they'd be out there asking questions and sending you those questionnaires and doing these tests and all of that and getting your information in their systems. And, you know, they're watching. They're at the games. They've got their cameras. They've got all these different things. They're talking to you before the game sometimes. So you build some really cool relationships and meet a lot of really cool people in the game of baseball who have been successful. But once you get to the actual draft, it's a lot, man. For me, I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, I was projected, quote, unquote, <laughs> like three to five rounds. And now, like, if you don't go in those rounds, you're stressing out. You're like, nobody's going to pick me. I'm not going to get signed. Like, <laughs> so there's a lot. Uh, overall, amazing opportunity. You've you got to take the good and the bad with it and, and see the positives in it. So amazing opportunity to have an opportunity to go play baseball for a living. And at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You know, you're doing what you've always dreamed of. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, like you said, you ended up 
ultimately choosing to go back to school. Uh, when you ended up going back for your senior year, did you end up graduating that year? Were you able to graduate on time? I did not. I slacked. So I didn't graduate this fall. <laughs> oh, well, congrats, man. I was not trying to throw you under the bus at all. Um, no, no, not at all, man. No but, no shame bus taken at all. <laughs> but I was... <laughs> I was just curious, um, just kind of what went into, you know, that decision as far as to go back to school, because I can only imagine how hard that is if, you know, you're getting the opportunity, especially being a top 10 round pick, you know, so you, you have, um, I'm having a brain fart of the word, you're having a good, uh, being like, you know, a prospect within the system, and then, you know, to have also school there to weigh that, like what, what? What went into that decision that made it, you know, so tough? It was the toughest decision of my life, and that's because at Nevada, we had an amazing coaching staff, and it was headed by Jay Johnson. He's at the University of Arizona now, and Dave Lawn, Mark Wanaka, Mark Kertanian, my one of my best friends, Ray McIntyre and Michael Bradshaw, and these guys are just incredible human beings. I mean, they put, they're really the greatest player coaches on this planet. There's no doubt in my mind. I pick them any day so having those guys in your corner knowing the ability and the talent that we had in our in our repertoire coming back that next year we had four to six guys get drafted and like these freshmen who were incredible all of them are playing now in professional baseball and we had a squad man and that was a big reason you know like we wanted to go yeah that makes it yeah that makes it sound like an easy decision but it made it easier that's for sure man you got these guys who you know you're gonna crush it next year and now it's like do i go with my boys do we stick it out i made a four-year commitment do i stick with it or do i opt out and go play ball like, i've always wanted to do it you start hit teeter-totting you know um, yeah but it was incredible well and that's the thing is is knowing that you know if you go back to school not only do you get another year to continue developing uh, but you continue those relationships with the people that that you spent the last three years with and you know kind of what we were talking about at the very beginning of the episode you know the camaraderie you get uh, it's crazy the amount of people you meet in this game it's it's the world is so big but the community of baseball is so small we're all intertwined you know some way um, so I can only I can kind of see where you're coming from when you t- talk about it that way as far as you know just the the talent and the opportunities you were going to have going back to school. Yeah. The baseball community, like you said, so small, like the fact that we're talking right now, out of just pure <laughs> connections in the baseball community. Like that's special. We need to take this opportunity, not get, we need to check our ego at the door. We need to stop being egotistical and like realize there's so many people in this game that want to help, that need to help and that want to see other people succeed. And the more we come together, and, and pump each other up, the better this community is going to get. And we're just going to continue to do amazing things, man. It's, it's awesome to see what you're doing too. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. You know, and like you said, us connecting through social media, just through stuff that you're doing, not only with yourself, but um, you know, with the major league university, which we're going to get on here in a few minutes. But those are the kind of things that I think the younger generations of baseball need to continue helping this game, just be able to develop, um, to be the best game that it could possibly possibly be. Exactly. But, so jumping in, you know, to your senior year, you ultimately end up getting drafted by the D-backs in the 11th round, and you you end up signing with them. You go to rookie ball, 
you have success in rookie ball, get to go to A ball and hide that next was that that next year or the year after that? I can't yes. remember what, what the what the stats were saying. It was low A and high A, so I split no, half and half. So what what do you think is the biggest difference in those leagues from well, especially if transitioning from college to pro ball, but then just the differences in the, in rookie ball, low A and then high A. Yeah, the biggest difference is everybody's just a little bit better. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's it's really not the velocity that's different. Um, you've got guys who have the talent. Everybody at that level is going to have the talent, no matter where you are in pro ball. It's just a matter of is that talent fine tuned? Are they? confident are they showing up on a daily basis are they doing the right thing so when you get up to higher levels it's just a little more serious of a game it's just a little bit better and i think pitchers up there the thing i noticed the most commanded the inside part of the plate a lot better than they did at the lower levels and that's part of the reason why i struggled at times in on that level because it was an adjustment to get used to that and to not swing at the inside pitch because I hated that pitch. <laughs> and like just seeing that, knowing what they were going to do. I mean, everybody's game plan was a little more in depth, a little more mature, a little better instead of just rear back and fire, you know? Uh, so that would be being a little better. So for you, um, cause I know, so I kind of got some tidbits listening to you on, uh, the Robbie Rowe show, giving a shout out to Robbie Rowe. But you said uh, that one year you had 18 total home runs. Am I correct? I know you said you tied Goldie. But how did your hitting approach change going from from college pitching? Um, you know, like you said, seeing guys that are throwing a little bit harder, but they have a little bit better command, and they're just a lot more consistent and a little bit better. But how how was your how did you develop your hitting approach through that? Yeah, for me, it was simplify my game. Um, the simpler it was for me, the better it was. I wanted to hone in on my pitch all the time. If I can swing my pitch more often than not, I'm going to have more success at the plate. I'm going to hit the ball harder and good things are going to happen. So it may sound easy. It may sound cheesy. Nowadays, you got all these guys talking about this launch angle, this, this and that, and all this exit velocity, like that stuff's cool. It's fun to see like kids get pumped up about it, but what does it matter if your mind's not right? What does it matter if you don't have the right approach? So if you're going up to the plate, like I did and fell victim into a lot trying to hit everything, you're not going to have a lot of success. So what I saw in my best years was I stuck with my approach all the time. And for me, that was middle away. I'm looking for a fastball middle away in one location. And I'm looking to drive that thing over the center field fence. That's my game plan. Simple, easy, something I can take anywhere I go. Um, and the more I do that, the better I'm going to be. So simplifying, in the game, I remember Paul Goldschmidt came in and talked to us, and he's like, look, my approach is I, I'd look for a fastball right down the middle. <laughs> and we're like, no way. There's, you don't do that. <laughs> like, you're the best hit in the league, dude. You, you probably guess pitches. You probably do this, that. He's like, no, I look for a fastball right down the middle. And that's the best hitter, in, in my opinion, top three to five. So No, I agree. Most underrated, for sure. Easily. So when somebody, like, tells that, it gives put you firm in your belief if he does it then i need to do this like i'm gonna do what goldie does so simplify the game and have fun enjoy it look for your pitch be relaxed enjoy your at bat compete and good things are gonna happen for you yeah see i think if, you know talking baseball i think me and you man are right on the same when it comes to 
um, hitting approaches because that's kind of how I, I view it too. It's kind of my theory is that it really doesn't matter how perfect or efficient your swing is. If your approach is not on par, you're not going to have success at the plate because your approach to me is what allows you to have success because the way I, I view hitting is that all hitting is is being in a rhythm with the pitcher and being on time to the pitch. If you're on time to the pitch, you can hit 115 or you could hit 60. You know, you can hit any pitch that they throw yes. if, if you have rhythm and you're on time. It doesn't matter how perfect your swing is. You can have flaws and still be a good hitter. And, you know, like you said, being knowing what pitches you're looking for and what spots, um, you know, I think, I think those are the things that make up a great hitter and not so much of – of the uh you know the the mechanical aspect of hitting that's why when i see all these guys talking about not that i don't believe in it but when they start talking about launch angle and the analytics like it just drives me nuts because to me that that's that's not what a good hitter is and this may be uh (laughs) this might make some people mad but personally i think that's why offense in in the show right now is kind of down and there's so many strikeouts because i think that everyone's so caught up in home runs and launch angle that it's taken away the overall you know the the approach of of a good swing or, or a good at bat and you know uh with the good teams play at the two strikes nowadays not even now, this year i think you've seen a little more What's that? Can, can, you, can you hear me? You were breaking up there for a sec. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, just like seeing it with the Red Sox. I mean, they, last year, going into the World Series, they dominated two strike at-bats. They got so many hits with two strikes, and I think it led to their success. So being able to hit with two strikes, being competitive, uh, not giving in to the pitcher, and just having team at-bats is big time for your team to win games and we get caught up in the home runs and they look good on TV and on Instagram. But in reality, like the more grinder at bats you have, the more opportunities you're going to get to play. Yeah, exactly. And see, I think, you know, that's why I was asking you the differences you saw and how your hitting approach developed. Cause for me, that's what I noticed from college. And then obviously being in indie ball, but being in the lower levels of indie ball, like the biggest differences I noticed between guys, but also myself, the better approach I was able to develop myself, the more success I was able to have. But then I also kind of realized that the guys around me, the ones that had had approaches and the ones that really kind of struggling to find, you know, what they were trying to do at the plate and just going up there flailing at the ball. Um, you know, so yeah. that, that's kind of, that's why I wanted to get your take on that for you and how you were able to develop that. Yeah, no, just, yeah, keep working on it. Know what your strengths are. Know what you do well and what you don't do well. And if you know that, if you know yourself, like we know ourselves better than anybody else knows us. So the more we can know who we are at the plate, what we do well, the better we're going to be as long as we stick with that and trust that. That's the toughest thing is trust, and which comes with repetition. Work hard, develop a routine, believe in yourself, and be confident at the ditch. <clears throat> Yeah, man, exactly. All those things are what goes in to being a good hitter. But so now when you were in pro ball, how did you adjust to the to the so-called grind? I'm, I'm saying that with quotation marks around it. How did you adjust to, you know, the long bus trips, uh, the housing? You know, I don't know if you guys had host families or apartments and then the, the pregame, postgame spreads. Like how what was that adjustment like for you coming from college 
uh, to getting going into pro ball because just because the minor league grind, man, it is it's something else. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. You go to some very unique, crazy places. You stay in some beautiful hotels, and then you stay in some crummy <laughs> hotels right? and some uh, some junk cities around the world that I won't mention, but definitely have in my mind right now. Um, but you experienced some things, man. We experienced blood on the towels. We experienced uh, a toilet exploding in our dugout. We experienced just the smallest of clubhouses. You experienced uh, no spread sometimes, a bus breaking down. But you find a way. You always find a way to get the job done. And, and it's it's really not that tough of a experience to like transition into if you're ready for that next chapter if you're ready to chase your dream and it's going to be tough you don't make a lot of money you don't get a lot of accolades you don't get a lot of things but you have an opportunity to play and it's also fun like take like embrace the suck have fun with it and like know that this is all an experience for your life and knowing that it, it makes that experience even more fun so like for instance man my first year in pro ball we we're in Missoula, Montana, and we had seven dudes living in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> like <laughs> all these blow-up mattresses, I'm sleeping next to four guys, like on blow-up mattresses, all in the living room. Like it was incredible. But you find a way, and you ride your bike to the field, and you float the river at night. Like it's unbelievable. Like the experiences you get to experience in professional baseball, and it's unlike nothing else. So that right there is worth any amount of money, and uh, worth any amount of quote-unquote suffering that some people may see in uh, minor league baseball yeah man and, and that's why i was asking you that because you know before i really got into it when i was still in college and you know, I, I would hear people talk about the grind the grind and just how tough it was and for me you know once i got into it even though it's lower level indie ball but still it was just like like I, how could you complain about this you get to play baseball every day you have no worries just wake up go through whatever your pregame routine is Go go to the field, hit BP, hang out with the guys. You know, have locker room camaraderie. Some of the stuff that goes on in the locker room, uh, kind of X-rated, not stuff we can talk about. But then, yeah. just, just and then going and playing a game at night. You know, on on perfect manicured fields, and then go back and just do it all again the next day. Like I don't see how anyone could ever complain about that. And like you said, it, it's about the journey. And not the end destination. It's about the journey and the experiences you get along the way, the people that you get to meet, and the memories that you make. They're ultimately going to last you the rest of your life. You know, like I know for me, two of my best friends now that I've met have been through baseball, and it sucks because they both live on different sides of the country. But like these guys are my boys, and you know they're probably going to be uh, groomsmen at my wedding. And you know, wow. without without well baseball, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, it's incredible, man. These relationships they last forever. It's it's truly just a treasure if you if you take it as one. Yeah, man, for sure. So now, before we jump into the Instagram questions and the quick fire round, I do want to talk about what you're doing now post baseball. Uh, your major league university can you go ahead and give me an idea of what you're doing with that because i've seen the instagram and i've done a little bit of research and it looks awesome but i want to know more about it yeah man yeah definitely so major league university something we're doing is right now we're an online baseball training platform focusing on the mental side of the game and hitting and all aspects eventually but majority hitting in the mental side and i think the mental side of the game is the biggest part of the game that kids 
kids especially need to develop at an early age because it's going to set them up for life. So I'm not just trying to get in here and, and me and my boys, we're not trying to just develop the best baseball player per se. We're trying to develop the best person as well and impact this next generation of human beings because everybody has a life. Exactly. Everybody deals with struggles, man, as you know. And it's tough when you're going 0 for 10 or 0 for 15 or 1 for 30 or whatever it may be or getting shelled on the mound. But how do you deal with that? So that's our whole objective, man, is to help athletes deal with the failures, build confidence, find their identity, believe in themselves, and and take that out to the ball field and life. So we want to create warriors, man, just just some amazing people that, that we can just help grow together with. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, I've been doing some camps as well kind of traveling around different communities across the world and i love it so i want to get a big camp tour going and and i don't want to call it even a camp i want to say a clinic just peak performance man help guys like play baseball we have fun but we also play dodgeball and we do fun things and we we get out there and, and talk with each other we put the cell phones away we check our egos away and we enjoy the game of baseball we have fun with each other and build some relationships and and that's really what we're doing man trying to in- impact that next generation of athletes Dude, I I have goosebumps listening to that right now. That is freaking <laughs> that that's that's freaking awesome, dude. If you're, you're ever welcome with the crew, man, you're part yeah, of the man, boys now. So we'll, yeah, we'll man, continue if you, our talks. Yeah, dude, if you ever come through Houston, uh, you know, next off season, or if I'm ever in your area, we're definitely gonna have to link up, and I'm gonna have to be a part of that because that is that that's freaking like like I said, I have goosebumps right now thinking about that. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Good. But that's you're you doing know, great things yourself, dude. Like jumping on that though like the whole fun factor man is, is so important because you know at the end of the day that's why you play the game because you enjoy it because it's fun that's why you start playing as a little kid and you know even as you get older that's what you got to remember that's why you're doing it is because it's fun so i think the fact that you're you're teaching kids that at a young age uh that's freaking awesome and just you know check your ego be able to, to actually talk with somebody and not be glued glued to your phone, and just just being able to have a conversation and have people skills. Oh, people skills, man! Those are all awesome things. So, is it is it just uh, the website right now? Is it up and, and running, or what's how's it work? So it's up and running. We've got a couple things we're fixing, so we're kind of updating it. Uh, right now, we have like a results coach, but what we're going to update is have a hitting specific results coach, and. Um, I'll give the name away. We got the slump doctor, <laughs> the slump doctor, baby. <laughs> Call him 90210. He's on Beverly Hills every day. So slump doctor's in there. And then we've got the peak performance side of things. So we're kind of offering two different packages. Um, and that should be up by Friday. So we're excited about that. It's going to be a big announcement. I kind of blew the cover, but hey, whatever. You got to get the word out anyways. <laughs> but a yeah, little, so little marketing that, for you. Man. Yeah, some free marketing time, man, with my boys. So uh, you so can't beat that for sure. Is it is it a membership package, or you know how how does the payment work? Yeah, it's going to go any, monthly. For anyone that's interested. Yeah, monthly uh, through through some packages. So either three to five sessions or uh, whatever that may be. So usually just on a month basis, we'll have an allotted amount of videos that they can send, or if it's the peak performance, like an allotted amount of calls with times and and kind of. Uh, figure that out. So it so it ends up working. So it ends up. Oh, but I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're kind of breaking up. No, no, no. You're good. good. I thought you were done. Oh, but so so that works where it's where it's just all one-on-one coaching and and it's pretty much hands-on, even though it's over over the phone. 
Yeah, yeah. Just basically trying to get the most. You utilize technology. It's so big, and we can utilize the FaceTime, the Skype, the Huddle Technique app, and getting on these different apps to see, still see each other and hear each other and connect with these athletes. And now we can impact more kids, more athletes across the world, and and really do it on a broader, bigger scale. So now I'm not just secluded to my little area at home. Um, I can do this with kids all over the world, man. That's freaking awesome, dude. I love it. And then, so are you going to eventually grow it to where you're doing in-person clinics um, and kind of traveling around? I guess that's what you said. Oh, yeah. We've got clinics set up already. We've got Reno, Nevada, Klamath Falls, Oregon, Wairika, California, Cleveland, uh, hopefully Houston here soon as well. Actually, I got a buddy there, so you're invited to that one. Um, Florida, man, we've got, uh, dude, a couple more. So it's kind of incredible the 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 quickness and how quick this is starting to take off but it's all for the greater good man i don't want to i had a hashtag that i utilized and i thought it was funny just uh, end money making camps because you see these kids going to these showcases for 1500 bucks for two days and it's a bunch of fake college coaches who are high school coaches in the area acting like scouts and i'm like man i'm not doing that like i'm going out there we're going to impact the world we're going to change the world like we're doing something for the kids and the families, not just to cash a paycheck, you know? Yeah, exactly. Help, helping these kids develop as baseball players, but also as people, and so that they can maximize their careers and ultimately have the same experiences we've had at the end of the day. Yes, sir. Dude, that's Absolutely. awesome. I, fr- I freaking love it. I can't wait to see to see how it, how it grows over this, this next year. Like I said, dude, when you told me what it was i got goosebumps on my arms man that that's that's awesome <laughs> i appreciate it man thank you Carson. <laughs> all right so jumping into the instagram questions real quick i just have three three for you uh so the first one we have is from ben dickerson one he wanted to know what your favorite part to play at was favorite stadium oh well the default answer would be we got to play at td ameritrade against creighton my senior season uh so that was incredible playing in the college world series stadium i mean dream come true favorite actual stadium to play at it's got to be Pacoli park at the university of nevada reno um i love that field the Pacoli magic man the amount of walk-offs that we had uh there was incredible being able to partake in some was fun too so i'm a little biased but uh being able to play in front of that crowd man the people in nevada i would i would die for them i love that community i love everybody there and uh, that's my favorite field ever, man. Did, did you ever get to play in Fenway when you were up in the Cape? No, I missed that practice that they get to do. Uh, I, I came a little late, so I didn't get to actually play in there. But I went to a couple games there, watching. I was about to. I was about to say, if you got to play in, in uh, Fenway, I was going to be so jealous. That's that. that <laughs> that's saying, my. I was jealous. That's my. Yeah, dude. That's my one dream park, man. I, I oh, love Fenway. Beautiful, man. Amazing ballpark. All right, so jumping in to, to our next question from Noah underscore Williamson. I, I love this question, and especially what you're doing with Major League University. I know this is me something right up your alley. But he says, I'm currently playing in college, and I'm in a big-time slump. What do I do? Thank you. Ooh, Noah. So, Noah, um, relax. Take a deep breath. That may sound simple, may sound cheesy, but relax. Um, I don't know what year you are. I don't know. 
um, what level you're playing at, but I can tell you one thing that's consistent is who you are, your preparation, and how you're approaching the game. So although you may be slumping, your preparation doesn't slump. Although you may be struggling, your mindset's got to stay the same and then focus on the end goal. Know who you are at the plate. Know what makes you tick. Um, the easiest way to get out of a slump, quote-unquote, is to stick with your preparation and take a deep breath and relax in the box. So if you've got to step out, call time and just take a deep breath. Um, for me, I would, I would step out. So as a lefty, um, I look at the focal point on my bat. So in, in college, I had a D Marini bat. So I'd look at the D on the bat, um, focus my eyes on it, my attention for like three seconds, deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, touch the plate to where I want to hit that ball. So for me, right down the middle and boom, I'm ready to go. Um, it sounds easier said than done, but if you believe in yourself, if you believe in your preparation, keep working hard. Good things are coming right around the corner. It only takes a bloop or a, or a, a miss, pitch, <laughs> miss hit, whatever you want to call it. Like it only takes one pitch, as you know, Carson. So um, stick with it. Things are going to turn around for you. Stay confident. Don't lose your confidence. Whatever you do, know that you deserve to be there. Yeah, man, and I just want to piggy off that, piggyback off that real quick. Uh, you know, for me, I really not only do I not believe in slumps, but I hate that word because a lot of times when guys look, well, when, when guys look at slumps, they're looking at you know zero for ten or zero for twenty. But actually, go look at your bats and look what those bats are like. Are you having quality at bats? Are you seeing four to five pitches? Um, you know, going deep in counts. Are you putting good swings on balls and either? Maybe you're just missing them, or maybe you're yeah. hitting rockets, rockets right at somebody. You, how do you know? You know, maybe you hit 20 rockets in a row right at someone, and they all got t- got caught, and that's why you're 0 for 20. So instead of getting caught up in this 0 for 20, 0 for 30, or just this big 0 for, really evaluate your bats and and how they've truly been. If you're putting together quality at bats, if you're putting good swings on balls, if you're staying in tune with your approach, and like you said, just being prepared. I think your preparation is ultimately what leads you to have success at the plate. If, if you have the correct preparation, that means your your, your approach is, is in check, your mindset's in check, and the, sex, the success is going to come. Uh, so that's all I want to add you know, to that is just really – kind of take a step back and just evaluate what this slump really is um you know and what kind of at bats you're actually having you know yes process over outcome trust your process trust what works for you you hit it right on the head man so our third and final one is from tuck tuck and filer i think i'm saying that right tuck and filer uh, he says cruise. oh you know this guy he says he says what keeps you motivated day in day out and what can you suggest i do to keep myself motivated Ooh, my end goal my purpose my purpose is to create now your purpose changes okay so let me let me be clear let me backtrack you've got to have a why and that's your purpose why do you play the game okay go back to why when I played the game. I played the game of baseball for my little brother, Marcus. Um, he's adopted. He has autism. He was never able to do the things that I could do, but he always wanted to be out on the baseball field. He always wanted to play catch whenever I would go out play in high school and college in professional baseball, and that is why I played the game every single day. Even if I didn't remember it that day, Like I'd always have a glimpse of him in my head, and I'd write it down so I knew why I played the game. And 
knowing that you get to do something that other people don't have the opportunity to do just because of their circumstance that they were born with, you should feel blessed and you should feel um, I'm grateful for that. So that kept me motivated when I played the game of baseball. And that's what kind of kept my eyes on the greater prize and helped me show respect and, and be a good teammate and, and communicate with people and not get down on myself as much as, as it's easy to do. So uh, you've got to know why you play the game. You've got to know why what you're doing, whether it's a salesman or, or a car rep, whatever it is, you got to know why you do it. And if you have that purpose, if you have the passion behind it, now it makes it a little bit easier to show up every day and stay consistent with what you want in your life. So um, knowing your purpose, man, knowing your why and, and why you do what you do. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, that's, that is you know so very true, is just knowing what you're doing, what the what the greater good of it is, you know, the the other lives that you're affecting, and then just the opportunities you're being presented that you know other people maybe are not fortunate enough to have, and just you know how just having the gratitude that you're being able to do it. That's that's awesome, man. I love it. Absolutely, my man. All right, so now final final segment of the show, quick fire round. I got seven ish questions for you. I'm counting here right. Uh, first one, just right off the bat, favorite cleats um, when you were playing. What kind of cleats did you wear? New Balance, hands down. Oh my man, my man. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> which one? Which which ones do you like? Um, honestly, I don't even know the name, but I like the all the all whites because they were clean. And then uh, <laughs> I had a custom pair. Um, a buddy on my team he made custom cleats, kind of like the Katie custom cleat guys do so he made he, he doctored them up for me all diamondbacks colors man they look pretty sweet <laughs> oh that's sick that's sick man there's there's nothing like cleat swag oh dude ultimate swag man <laughs> <laughs> all right so the next one uh favorite bat what bat brand did you use old hickory once again oh old hickory class guy. a loved it i used <laughs> the paul goldschmidt model or the puig model yp66 those are massive heads on them love the bats did you ever get any straight from Goldie? No, I wish. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty that'd be pretty sick. Uh, sunflower seeds or gum? Oh, gum, big gum guy. High pants or low pants? High pants all day, every day. No matter yes, sir. Yes, sir. Favorite uniform in the major leagues? Oh man, it could be uh, road, home, alternate throwback whatever you want dude i like the throwback pirates with like the those super old school hat where it's like a circle oh. it like doesn't even look like a hat dude it's like 1920s maybe um those yeah those are sick have you have you seen the new the new cardinals they brought out this year um i think they did recently yeah and i think they were clean was it the new one yeah the, the all the all blue ones. Ah, all blues. Yes, they're nasty. Yeah, they're they're freaking sick. And going with the red, they look so good. Oh man, love love right. a good good jersey. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So last question: If you could sit down with anyone in Major League history and just sit down, chat with them, uh, talk, you know, whatever, who would it be? One Ooh, player. Great question. I think I got to still go with I'm, – I'm thinking of other options, but I'm, I'm thinking Derek Jeter still. 
I, he's my favorite player growing up, and I'd love to just pick his brain on how he approached his process and how he handled himself on the biggest stage in the biggest city and the biggest lights on a day-in and day-out basis, man, and won championships all, all the time. So Derek Jeter would be a big-time dude that I'd love to chat with. Maybe in the future here, some things work out. We, uh, <laughs> we have that combo. <laughs> Maybe so, dude. You're going to have to get connected down there in uh, Miami and go see him, dude. Not a bad guy. Yeah, to man. From. If you're out there, if you're looking to sponsor me for a website, it's <laughs> a flight, man. You can, you can donate to the, the BZD Foundation, man. Get me out to Florida meet Derek Jeter. <laughs> hey, man, I, I heard uh, Derek Jeter's people listen to the show, so they might be able to help you out. Hey, that's the whole reason I got on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we go, uh just want to finish off with any advice you have for any young guy, you know, growing up high school or college, you know, however old they are, just any advice you could give them, um, just going forward in their career. Do not give up. Do not let anybody tell you that you cannot do anything because truthfully you can do anything you set your mind to. If you truly believe in yourself and once you find your identity, don't let baseball take that away from you. You had a name before the game. You were meant to be something special. We're all made unique. We're all made um, um, just different. And, and we have these special qualities about ourselves that nobody else in the world has. And once you realize your special qualities and your abilities as a person, now you can free up your mind for the game. So believe in yourself. Have your identity. Know who you are. And, and always believe in, in your process and what you bring to the table all the time. I love it, dude, especially what you said, uh, the name before the game. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that guys get caught up in is that they get that status, that title, and they really forget about who they are or, or you know, why they do it. And, you know, playing professional baseball or even playing college baseball, like that's just an opportunity you've been presented. But it doesn't change who you are or, you know, who you are off the field. Like, it's just, it's just an opportunity, and you can't, you can't forget that. So I love that you said that. That's, that's awesome, man. That's a great quote, name before the game. Uh, that's, a, that's awesome advice for guys to, to lean on. Easily, man. Believe in it. Believe in your stuff. Believe in that, because it's true. It's really true. All right, man. Before we go, I just want to give you the chance to, to go ahead and plug your social media accounts uh, where anyone can follow you that's listening to the show. And if they want to get involved in Major League University, where they can find that as well, uh, try to help that grow as much as we can. Uh, really, just like you said, help develop the next generation. Hey, Twitter. I'm just Austin Byler at Austin Byler. L-E-C, simple diversity. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, we're on all three. Uh, we pop it off on all of them. We got content coming all the time. Hopefully people are enjoying it and, and, and getting some value out of it. That's the whole whole purpose of having the social media. So we've been growing. Keep that growth going. Hey, hey dude, like I, I don't... Person. I don't... I don't people, you know? I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off, but you were breaking it up. So, see if you could. Uh, ah, no. <laughs> see if you could re-say that because okay, I don't. Hear think you it, now? It, yeah, I can hear you. I just don't think it came out very clear. Okay, so uh, Francisco's connection's a little little doo doo over here. Okay, you find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
University. Same thing, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we have a lot of cool content out there. Hopefully people join the positive and confident and develop young human beings in this world. So that's why we're pumped to partner with different people like you, Carson. There. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, you were still going in and out. Okay, so you can hear me now. Yeah, I can. You're good. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you can find me at Austin Byler on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all, all the above. Uh, pretty simple. And then at Major League University. So, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can go to majorleagueuniversity.com, see a bunch of our content. Everything that we've got coming on a day-to-day basis, um, really just trying to bring the greater good to the baseball community, just like you, man, and inspire more people to, to chase their dreams and to believe in themselves. Love it! It came out clear that time, but I'll be Let's sure. Go. To... <laughs> <laughs> I know dude, there, people are going to be listening. And be like, man, what's all this static I'm hearing? But yeah, I'll be sh- I'll be sure to connect all the links and stuff into the show notes. So. If anybody has trouble finding anything, they can just go to the show notes and they can get connected right there uh, to be able to get to you and Major League University so they can get hooked up. Dude, absolutely, man. I appreciate everything you're doing, bro. It's incredible to see it. And we need more people like you out there for the greater good of the game, man. It's awesome. I appreciate it, man. Just trying to give back as much as possible and just help guys, you know, like, like we said, just maximize their career, give them as much information as they can. And also just sees that, that the journey's not as glorious as what they believe it is. It's not a straight path, but there's a lot of different jacked edges. And, you know, like you said, a Z that's going to come up along the way. And there's different, you know, adversities you got to go through. And you just got to find a way to get through them and not give up. So I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and just talking. Absolutely, man. Anytime. It's great to see what you got going, man. And it's great that we can connect. So I'm excited to see what we've got coming in the future here, man. Keep doing your yes, thing. Sir. Proud of you. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. But thanks for coming on and getting down and dirty with me on the Down and Dirt podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Fire me up, man. Let's go. And that's it. That's the end of the episode, the end of the interview with Austin Byler. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said, man, that, that episode... It, it fired me up, and there was multiple times throughout the show where I had goosebumps, specifically when he was talking about Major League University and just the way he wanted to give back and groom the future generations of, of baseball, man. Just such a great guy, so much passion and knowledge for the game, and I just I appreciate Austin for coming on. Definitely somebody I want to have on again and, and just could be able to continue to talk baseball. But I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That's going to do it for today, for this episode. And now we'll wait again until next week. I have, uh, I'm really hoping these next few episodes, I think you guys will enjoy them. It's going to be a lot of fun. But thank you guys for listening. And thank you for getting dirty with me in the Down in the Dirt podcast. Till next time. <laughs>